Welcome back to Brojo Online. Today we have a special episode coming to you from Brojo coach Mike Wells. He's going to talk to you about delegation and how that plays a role in allowing him to accomplish many great things every day to have the most productive year of his life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy as Mike shares his wisdom. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Munro. 2019 has been an incredibly busy year for me. Since January, I've been working on a very large-scale education system project that I'm building for a client in the U.S. for U.S. schools. At the same time, I've set some health and fitness goals that are meant to push me further than I have ever taken my body and my mind before. And I'm currently learning three different styles of dance because I love the challenge of this happening, and launched five new Brojo chapters in New Zealand, so I'm traveling around on weekends, getting them all up to speed. It's been a fantastic year. But one of the things that has really come to the forefront is the importance of managing my time and managing my attention. And what I wanted to reflect on today is the importance of delegation learning how to use others to free up and maximize your time and attention. So this year has been enormous fun, but I think I would be a closet case if I hadn't started learning to delegate. And I've got all kinds of different examples where this has really, really benefited me. But I have to say, for me, it has been a bit of a learning challenge. I'm a bit of a control freak. I like doing things myself. I'm used to doing things myself. It's the old adage that if you want it done right, do it yourself. And I used to, as part of my challenge, my struggle with perfectionism, feel that no one else could do it to my satisfaction. So take any area of my life. I felt an absolute compulsion to own that as deeply as I could, no matter how little value it actually gave me. And this was a problem that I needed to overcome. What I noticed, though, is as I've been tackling perfectionism directly, that need for control has also subsided. I'm much more interested now in accomplishing my goals then I am in getting there in some precise, tightly controlled way that I've defined. And it's been a big part of my journey of acceptance and of being able to just accept how things are, accept that not only can I not control everything, I shouldn't try. I really shouldn't try. It's not to my benefit to put my time and attention there when it can go somewhere far more valuably. So it's now September. It's been nine months since uh, since this year started. It has been a mad nine months with ups and downs and enormous amounts of challenge. For me, this particular technology project, this education system that I'm building, has been enormously challenging because I am not familiar with building mobile apps. And this particular, I usually design large web systems. And 
as a result, I had to learn an entire stack of new technologies, probably about 40 new technologies, which at the beginning of January, I had not even really heard the names of these technologies before. Literally, the learning curve for me was pick a word I don't know, start Googling it, and figure out what I can find. Watch YouTube videos, do sample code projects, and then I'd end up with 10 more words that I don't know. I'd write them down, and then I'd you know dutifully follow up in exactly the same way. And this was this was how I had to start learning these things before I could even start installing tools and working with code bases and turning out you know interfaces and applications. I I just had to figure out what this whole environment was, and it was an incredibly stressful learning curve to learn that way. There was no one to ask questions of. There was supposed to be. But unfortunately, they didn't end up becoming part of the project. So I was left with like online forums and YouTube videos as my best friends. And this is incredibly intense. But what I realized was that if I was to immerse myself completely in work and give up all of the other areas of my life in the effort to get up that that learning curve faster, so, for example, if I stopped going to the gym, if I stopped having social time, if I stopped going to dance class and decided, hey, for the next three months, I'm going to crunch on this project. And then after three months, my life can go back to normal. I've tried that before and it hasn't worked for me. I've learned to value my time and attention and I've learned above all this year, the biggest lesson has been the importance of balance. Uh, the way I like to describe this is if you think about, uh, if you, I'm sure you've all been to the gym and you know what a barbell looks like. If you put the barbell on the rack and you load up one side of that barbell, but just one side, uh, and you go to do a bench press with it, uh, you might be able to do something like 60 or kilograms at most comfortably without likely injuring your shoulder because all that weight is going to be leaning towards one side. But if you put weight evenly balanced on both sides of the bar, you can more than double your maximum with the one-sided approach. And this was a very key lesson for me was that if I unbalance my life by letting go of my social life, uh, my physical health and fitness, my nutrition plans, time alone, journaling, going for walks, going for a swim, taking care of myself, meditating, going to yoga, all of these things, that is the same as unbalancing that bar. And my overall strength and my likelihood of injury um, are strongly, strongly affected by that imbalance. So the challenge was, how do I balance? How do I maintain balance? I can control my attention pretty easily. I can just choose what I'm focusing on at any given moment. I've gotten quite adept at being aware of where my attention is and why. But time, I can't, I can't increase time. And the, the necessity of this learning curve was, I'm going to be doing 12-hour days very often. 
So I needed to free up time and attention and, 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 and I was essentially pushed into a situation where I just had to let go of things and delegate. And there were a lot of interesting things that that turned out in my life as I stop and look back and say, well, what's different this year than the way I have to approach things in the past and, and, and what benefits did I get out of that? And I found that delegation was a, a very significant shift for me. Now, my thinking in the past on delegation was, hey, delegation is great, but you have to find somebody you can really, really trust to do that job as well as you can, which is nearly impossible. And you probably have to hire them. You have to pay them some kind of ongoing salary or something. Now you've got an assistant. Now you can delegate stuff. That was the way I used to look at it. That view's changed a lot this year. Um, and let me give you some examples to illustrate. Uh, in Auckland, New Zealand, I live right in the center. So I don't own a car. And I quite like that. I like that because it keeps me mobile. I'm getting lots of walking exercise. When I go grocery shopping, I get way more fresh air. Um, no matter where I'm going, I can be doing stuff. I can tap on my phone. I can listen to music. I can listen to an audiobook. I can meet random people on the street. And in a car, very little of that's possible. Probably audiobooks and music is it. It's the best that I can do. So, so I like not having a car, but there are a lot of times when I need to get around town and the transportation time costs a little bit more. So while it might only take me a 10 minute drive, it might be, it might be a 20 minute bus ride as an example or a 30 minute walk. So I've been using uh, services such as Uber quite a bit this year, just for those strategic moments when I want to finish work up until the time I need to go, and and then I want to get there quickly. So I'm essentially delegating my transportation. And what I've found is it's really cheap, and it's super efficient. It doesn't, I mean, yes, it costs more than bus, but given the amount of time that I save, it is incredibly beneficial. And overall, I've done the statistics before, it is far cheaper for me to live in the city center, which is close to most of the things I need to access, gym, grocery, work, etc., and not own a car and not pay for the insurance on a car, the maintenance on a car, or the garaging for a car, and instead just Uber whenever I need to go anywhere. But what's really fascinating about it is the practical nature of it. I no longer have to look for parking. I no longer have to go chase down my car and get it out of a garage. Um, it is far, far more efficient to delegate that function um, of simple transportation. And I found that before I would resist spending on that. Now it's one of my first options. Like it, it, it's, it's simply so valuable in how much it improves my life that that has become one of my key strategies for saving time and saving attention. Uh, another great example of that is eating. Now, it's so easy to go eat out, but because my nutrition um, goals this year and my fitness goals are really high level, I'm hoping to do a bodybuilding competition at some point, steadily progressing towards it still, 
Uh, it's taking forever, but it's it's good to see the change. It's good to feel the change. But food and nutrition was a big part of this. And so one of the challenges is, of course, I can't eat out regularly and have any sense of control over the quality of the food that I'm eating and and the, the macro counts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. At the same time, I don't have the time to go into my kitchen and cook six meals a day, which is what my nutritionist has me on. So what I've done is I've actually hired a meal prep service that cooks for you once a week, and they have very carefully designed meals with all of the macronutrients, and it has a lot of flavor. So I can easily punch all of that into my spreadsheet and see exactly what am I consuming, how many carbs, how much protein, how much fat, and overall, very closely and tightly maintain a daily nutritional budget. Now, yes, it costs a bit. Uh, it probably works out to close to $12 New Zealand per meal. But the amount of time that saves me is fantastic. So I'm doing two meals a day uh, prepped out of my six. And two of those meals are very simple. One is microwaved oatmeal for breakfast and one is like egg whites for dinner. So I only am cooking once a day really. And in that cooking, I make enough food for two to three meals, chicken, uh, steamed broccoli, roasted kumra, that type of thing. So here's, here's what I've delegated. I've delegated all my morning cooking. Meal one, toss some oats in the microwave, have a coffee. I'm good to go. I start work. Meals two and three are prepped. So I get a solid seven hours of uninterrupted, awesome work time where I'm not distracted by, oh, I need 20 minutes to go cook something because I got to eat. I literally, I walk into the kitchen, choose a meal, toss it in the microwave for two minutes, and I am just, I just keep going. And it's difficult to explain how valuable that is because avoiding the interruption to my attention, particularly in a in a complex technical project like this, that's essential for making progress. So I found that delegating some of my cooking, some of my food prep needs has been really, really valuable. Another key area for me is learning. One of my top core values is growth and another is curiosity. I constantly need to keep learning, but learning is, it takes time, it takes attention, uh, it takes classes, etc., etc. So I have delegated a lot of that as well. Obviously I can't delegate the learning itself, but by bringing in a teacher, I can improve that learning process and focus it to a point on what it is I want to learn and what's most effective. So as an example, I've been going to the gym for years. I have a pretty good idea of how to use the equipment, but I hired a gym coach anyway for a few reasons. One, to show me things I don't know, to help me with tech technique details that I might not know and that I can't see while I'm doing them. He can make adjustments to how I'm contracting or extending musculature. He's also my nutritionist, which means that he can give me an enormous amount of feedback and detail on my food plan, help me vary things, help me come up with new ideas. And it happens he's also a chef, which means 
none of my food is boring, which, and, and like me, he also likes spicy food. So it's been a beautiful relationship. Essentially, I have delegated my learning around nutrition, my learning around exercise and physiology, my learning around muscular gain, fat loss, trimming up, my learning around recovery and managing injury. Uh, all of that, right? Because the, the alternative, right, is that I could read a lot of books and still not know 20% of what I've learned from my coach. So delegating by bringing coach into your life, I found that to be hugely viable. And I've done it in the past. Uh, mostly I've done it around self-development and psychology, working with my good bud, Dan Monroe. And so for, for me, coaching was a very, very powerful way to overcome sticking points in my life that on my own, I might never get through because I simply don't have the perspective that a coach can bring to it. It's been the same situation here on nutrition and on diet and on physiology and on posing routines. Having someone else there will make you so much more efficient because it can draw your attention to the essentials. Take advantage of that. That's one of the most powerful delegation tips that, that I've learned. Another thing that I do for learning is I do read a lot, but I don't have time to sit down and read a paper book. Um, so I use ebooks. I use particularly audiobooks. The great thing about audiobooks for me is that while my mind is busy and engaged in learning something very interesting, I can be grocery shopping or I can be going for a walk or I can be at the gym. And I do that quite often, and I find it very, very valuable to my process of continually learning, giving my brain lots of different balanced things to give its attention to, rather than just solving technical problems all day long. I need that input and that output. And this is a side note. This is my own personal experience. So I think of my brain as operating largely in two big modes of thought. One is creative and one is learning. And they tend to cycle. They tend to cycle like breathing. I'll breathe in, which is where I'm learning, and then I'll breathe out, which is me creating something from the stuff I've learned. And then I'll want to need to learn more, breathe in, and breathe out. And these cycles generally last uh, a few weeks at a time. So I'll breathe in for three weeks, I'll breathe out for three weeks, I'll breathe in for three weeks. And this sort of create and learn cycle has been has been really instrumental to the way that I approach uh, content creation and I approach study. Uh, and ebooks makes that so much more available. Is at the moment I'm somewhere and going and feeling, hey, I'm interested in learning something. I have got a library on my phone. Slap in some headphones. I'm good to go. I don't have to find time for that. I can't quite explain how much having these things at the ready uh, with me all the time improves my life. But speaking of grocery shopping, um, I've delegated that too. Now, I still go to the grocery store to pick up certain things just because I enjoy picking up those certain things myself. So, for example, fruits and vegetables, I love seeing them and choosing what looks good to me that day. 
But a lot of the groceries I get are staples. They're things like oatmeal and coffee beans and canned tuna and heavy stuff and in large quantities. So what I'll do is I'll actually use a grocery delivery service, which in, in New Zealand, most major cities have lots of options. New Zealand has a few. Right now I'm using a Countdown's grocery delivery service. It costs about $14 New Zealand for delivery, which generally is more than I would want to spend. But when you consider the amount of time I save walking to the grocery store, doing the shopping, going through the line, and hauling it back, and on top of that, I get the benefit of being able to see what all the specials are, being able to see what I've ordered in the past and reorder those things very easily with one click. That 14 bucks is so worth it. So again, the delegation. And I find that everywhere I delegate, not only does it remove stress, it tends to improve the quality of what I'm getting out of that area of my life. So I'm constantly looking for new ways uh, to delegate tasks. And here's another interesting one. You don't even have to delegate to people. A great example of this is I've been doing a lot of blogging this year. Uh, on top of everything else going on, because I'm doing so much, I also feel this creative inspiration constantly hit me. But I don't have time to sit down and type. And, and not only that, I'm sick of sitting in front of the keyboard. So how do I blog? How do I write an article when I am at the gym, as an example, or walking to the grocery store? And the answer is I automate it using technology. There is a great app that I discovered for my phone. It's called Otter, O-T-T-E-R. It's like, like the animal. And what it is, is it's an artificially intelligent voice transcription service. You click a button, it starts recording, you start talking. And instead of systems that you're probably familiar with, like Siri or the voice recording system on your phone next to the keyboard where you can press the button and it'll record a sentence at a time. Otter is real time and it is ongoing. You can talk for hours and it is transcribing in real time. It is an incredible little piece of work. I would guess it is 98% accurate for me. I speak pretty clearly and I'll speak quite intentionally when I'm talking to Otter. But at the same time, um, it just does a good job. It's just a brilliant little piece of software. And then, and then as soon as I get back to my PC, there it is. It's sitting there. It's got both the transcribed text, which I can just copy out and edit for my blog and make it more natural as a written article rather than a spoken piece, right? Uh, but it's also got the original audio which means that if, if it did mistranscribe something, I can just listen to what I said. And, oh, yes, that's right. That's what I was talking about. It's It's been really amazing. There's a lot of things I have not yet tried using it for. Uh, I do use it occasionally to respond to a coaching client. That way they get the writing and they get the voice and they can listen to them at the same time. It'll highlight each word as I'm speaking, which is a really interesting experience. But... Uh, it also does, for example, if you're doing an interview style discussion, 
it can identify the speakers distinctly, separately, and you can name them. And then you end up with like a radio style transcript. So there's a lot of things it can do. But this is a great example of, of delegation in as a, as a technique in a way that I hadn't ever thought of in the past. My phone is one of my best assistants. It's always with me. It's always got battery power. It's great for capturing notes. It's great for booking appointments. It's great for getting notifications about important things, which I very carefully customize so that I'm not spammed by useless notifications. And now it's great for uh, transcription. Anything that I want to turn into writing, I just speak it. And in fact, I'll probably run this entire podcast through Otter, which is just drag and drop the file in, and it will transcribe it, and I'll put it on my blog as a written piece as well. So these types of tools and technologies are really growing, and I'm I'm very excited about what kind of capabilities that will give us in the future, especially when you think about things like uh, um, self-driving cars. Imagine if you could, when you're in the car, uh, sleep or read or have a really meaningful, deep and meaningful discussion or work, program code, all without ever having to worry about uh, your safety and security getting to your destination. Uber prices would go way down. Pretty soon you have UAVs, which are the unmanned aerial vehicles, which is like a, a, a personal helicopter. You'll just call it in, hop in, take off. And you're in your destination in 15 minutes. The world is a changing. And it's very exciting. The key thing, though, is identify those points of friction in your life that are costing you more than they should. And see what you can do about delegating that. Either to a piece of technology or tool or to a person. Or if you can improve uh, the approach that you're taking. I used to read only paper books. Then I switched to electronic books because they didn't need bookshelves, right? And I couldn't lose them. And I could read five books at a time and it would know where I was in each book at all times. And it would sync between my tablet and my phone and my PC so I could go between them and it would pick up right where I left off. Those were great until I discovered audiobooks and I thought, I'm never reading again, except for, you know, perhaps online blogs. Audiobooks became so much more efficient for me and had all the benefits of me being able to stick bookmarks in in the middle of the recording, take a note, have multiple books where I can pick up and leave off anytime I want. This is fantastic. And this has been a learning process for me. So each area of my life where I am investing I'm now looking at how can I invest as efficiently as possible and make the most of the limited time and attention that I have. I encourage you to try the same. <laughs>